Hello, Neurodivergent Moments listeners. Hi, everyone. How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. It's not Christmas yet. It's only the... When will this go out? Oh, just be in December. It'll British be people will accept that. It'll be the 1st of December. So, and okay, it's, and for me, after Thanksgiving, you, I, I, we were very strict in my house. No... <laughs> Christmas music, no Christmas movies, no Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. And when I was a kid, I really liked, uh, oh God, what's his name? Jimmy Buffett had a Christmas uh, album. It's a banger, guys. Stay with me. And he had this song called Yo Ho Ho and a Bottle of Rum about Santa moving to the Caribbean. And I loved it. And one year, I really wanted to play it, and my mom wouldn't let me play it until I wasn't allowed to play it before Thanksgiving. And after we had Thanksgiving dinner, I was allowed to play the song. <laughs> Some, I mean this with respect. Sometimes you say things that I think you're like doing a character of an American. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving's over. We can put on Jimmy Buffett. It's a great I do not Christmas. believe Jimmy Buffett is a real person. <laughs> Oh, rest in peace. He passed away this year. Oh, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for not believing you were real. Oh, God, he's real. I tell you, hey, listening, the opening verse to Cheeseburgers in Paradise is is the song. The lyrics speak to me like no other song lyrics have. <laughs> is he is he like, like a Weird Al type figure? Is he like a no, these comedy it, songs? He does like, like dad... Dad Florida music is a bit so like you know cheeseburgers in paradise, right? No, I don't know. I don't know oh my paradise. god. I like mine with lettuce and tomatoes, Hans 57 and French fried potatoes. Oh, I can't remember the rest of the lyrics. <laughs> it's sounding less and less real. Cheeseburgers in paradise uh, with onion and lettuce is I'm gonna look up the lyrics for you. <laughs> It sounds see. like someone doing an impression of uh, Bruce Springsteen, like a parody of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of that era. Um, hold on. Yeah. This is happening, podcast. I am looking up the lyrics. Are you going to play us some Jimmy? Are you going to? Okay. Look up the lyrics. Oh, I'm going to sing it because we don't have a podcast with clearance to play music. Right. <laughs> so we have to listen to you singing Jimmy Buffett. There's no other choice. Okay. Try to admit, amend my carnivorous habits. Made it almost 70 days. Losing it weight without speed, eating sunflower seeds. Drinking lots of carrot juice and soaking up rays. But at night I'd have these wonderful dreams. Some kind of sensuous treat. Not zucchini, fettuccine, bulgur wheat. But a warm, wait, but a... But a big warm bun and a hunk of meat. Yeah. Cheeseburgers in paradise. Sing it with me, Joe. Heaven on earth with heaven on earth with an onion slice. Not too particular, not too precise. I'm just a cheeseburger in paradise. I, uh, it's it's a tune. It's a tune. <laughs> I, I like mine with oh God, it's happening again. Tomato, hides 57 in French I think I'm just going to slowly fade it on the recording. Pickle in a cold draft beer. Well, good God almighty, which way do I steer? Because it's a cheeseburger in oh, paradise. No. It's still going on. 
But the whole first verse is how he's trying to eat healthy and he's losing weight, but he doesn't give a shit because he just wants a cheeseburger. What more relatable <laughs> thing do you want, people? That is relatable. <laughs> um, so that happens after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, that's the song I play. Hold on. Did you just Tom, do, is, is Tom come Tom, in the room Tom, and said, what Tom, the fuck Tom. is going on? Yeah, Tom wants I'm ruining Joe's day by singing Cheeseburgers in Paradise to him. <laughs> he says, as long as you, you're doing it to Joe and not me, that's fine. Oh, okay. Cool. I don't but know what it, to make of that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, hey, we had a podcast guest who probably also doesn't know who Jimmy Buffett is. Sakisha. <laughs> yeah, Sakisha was on the one, podcast. One word name, like Madonna or Prince. Yeah. And she only needs one name because she's a freaking life force. She's the she's the reason you're in the UK, as we will find out. She is. She we is. We would not be hearing Jimmy Buffett if it weren't for Sakisha. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> she's the one who kept me here, and uh, she is uh, uh, dyslexic. And we talk about the pandemic. We did. Well, there's so I feel like we haven't properly processed the pandemic. There's been lots of like little. Like jokes and things like that. It would be like a throwaway line when we came back. But I still don't think we've quite got our heads around it. We tried in this episode. We got a bit distracted. Yeah. yeah, As we always do. I mean, it's, we do. It, it was a weird time. It is where most of our um, adult diagnosed uh, guests got diagnosed, me included. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think there was a lot of self-reflection during the pandemic, but also it was a harrowing time. It was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, what we sort of like, we just had no idea what, how it was going to pan out. Like, and, um, I guess all we just, we just knew that the government were handling it very well and it was all going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> trusted them. And yeah, now yeah, yeah. they inquiry about how badly they handled it. But we had no idea at the time. We thought they were doing well at the time. Uh, but now it's all coming out. Anyway, well, let's bring on Sakisha. Okay. Here's Sakisha. Here we get. This is always the awkward part when we're yeah. just casually chatting, and then we go into the podcast. So, Sakisa. So many episodes start with us commenting on how it's awkward at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> that's the beginning. Well, it is a new so diverse podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you expecting from the beginning of a podcast? It's our brand. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Sakisa. Thanks for having me. It's so lovely to be in your company on, the, on this lovely day. Oh, thank you. You are a woman of many talents. You're a stand up comedian yeah burlesque dancer yeah immigration lawyer yeah and i can say from experience the best immigration <laughs> lawyer <laughs> uh always my favorite story to tell people uh about. for the listeners you're you brought abigail into the country that made you sound like a people smuggler <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no i i more or less helped abigail stay in the country. yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but um having to assist with the hearing was probably the most pressure I have probably ever felt. And I've dealt with quite a lot of cases at different terms of like spectrums, especially when it comes to asylum cases, Mm. like people's lives are more or less like on the line for it. They're like, my life is on the, like 
I'm basically risking my life if I don't go back to this, if I go back to this country. And then I have to deal with other liars hearing where there's like celebrities just and comedians <laughs> just just watching me. <laughs> so when you go to these, you're supposed to bring friends and family to show you have a community. Mm. And uh, my uh, my uh, Tom's family came, and then my friends ex- uh, were Angela Barnes, Tom Horton, John Robertson, Beck Hill. It was it was the who's who <laughs> of stand up comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get a call. <laughs> uh, I didn't make the cut. No, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> but uh, it's fun because uh, I did the show again at MacFest, and at the end of the show, I did say this is the show about your yeah. Immigration so, story. Oh, so thank you for <laughs> filling in the gaps for people. So I wrote a show about the immigration story, and at the end, I did say it was Sakisa, and the whole audience went. I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was. Especially Mac, because Mac knows yeah. me quite. Well, now I feel like because I've been I've done that show I've done I've been there for like two years now, but obviously it's a very small festival, Macfest. Yeah, and like you get to know people quite well. So as soon as you probably said immigration lawyer and comedian, yeah. like even the burlesque people were like, I think there's only one person. It's gotta like, be yeah. it's gotta be, it's gotta be only one, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah. Well, yeah I'm, I think I'm the only immigration lawyer on the circuit. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think there are other lawyers on the circuit, but I think I'm not the immigration immigration lawyer. lawyer specifically. Yeah, very cool. Are you still an immigration lawyer? You, I was meant to quit. <laughs> still, <laughs> but I work part time. Oh. Yeah, I work part time, so I reduced my hours because I just couldn't manage it with all stand up. It's just too much. Yeah. Too much. What a part-time gig. When I was a New Yorker, and we, <laughs> we were all open micers. Everyone was like a dog walker, bartender, or I was a yoga instructor. Whereas you're like, well, my part-time job is, you know, lawyer. Yeah. Like, no, I think I do. I, I do really want to quit the job just because, like, of several reasons. But the immigration, like, that's happening in the UK, like, the policies, the UK government, it's just really crappy. And it just makes me feel quite depressed. So I'm just like, we need to get out of this. Uh, and I'm also like, why don't I not do something else? Like music law. Yeah. Where I can get into <laughs> concerts for free. Like just have sex with like loads of rock stars. That'd be great. <laughs> so why was I not doing that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were young and full of hope. And yeah. you were like, I'm going to change the world. And you have, darling. Yeah. You've changed my world. <laughs> <laughs> Is that was that like because you know we do get like we don't I, I don't really get nervous before gigs unless there's someone I know personally in so that could be like a big TV producer in I don't really get anxious I just do what I do but if like my father-in-law's in the gig is that what it was like representing Abigail yeah because like I knew Beck Hill beforehand I knew a couple of people beforehand um, but like people like Angela Barge were like oh I'm gonna have to try and impress. Someone. <laughs> Throw some jokes into <laughs> Yeah, because, like, you don't want to be, like, the shit one <laughs> out of the whole situation. So I'm trying to keep, trying to keep my professional, cool, calm, collective. Because solicitor Sakisa is very different to, like, stand-up comedian Sakisa. Mm. And a couple of my friends who were hanging out with me during the day realised that when we were just having um, conversations about a podcast that I was starting. It was mainly about wrestling, so we're talking about wrestling, and we're having banter. And then my phone went off, which was my office, who wasn't meant to be calling me on my work day. And then literally, my voice. They heard your work voice. They heard my work oh voice, my and they were like, "You sound so white." <laughs> <laughs> I just seen a friend in, in Lisbon, and I he was working from home a bit, and I heard his work voice. Yeah. 
Oh my god! I feel like if I walked him on the toilet, it would have been less awkward. Yeah. <laughs> that, I feel like I've seen a part of him I can't unsee. Yeah, someone on the train heard my work voice, um, and, it, and again, I wasn't even meant to be working that day. But I have a very bad habit of checking my emails on my day off. Mm-hmm. So it's mainly because no one in my office is going to deal with my emails when I'm not there. So I was checking them. So this this, this situation came in, and so I decided to call the person that emailed me, and then a person opposite me heard my. I'm going to say don't mess with me, work voice. Wow. And they were like, afterwards, <laughs> after I got the phone, I was just like, I wouldn't want to mess with you. And I was <laughs> like, correct, <laughs> correct, <laughs> correct. So yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very different kettle of fish to ha- like have to deal with. And the people think it's quite a, like a, a smart job to have. It's not really. You just got to know. You just got to know how to argue. Right. <laughs> yeah, you've got to know how to argue. Actually, how much I'm resisting the urge to ask you to do the work voice now. I'm not going to because it's. Uh, well, no, I can do. I mean, it's normally just like. Work voice for us. No, it's not if you call me, I'm like, hello, this is Takisa Bostit Barnes. How can I help you? Okay. Yeah. That wasn't. That wasn't it's, not, it's, not, it's not that bad. That but like. Shocking as well. Yeah, but then it will go aggressive if you piss me off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So, speaking of work emails, you are dyslexic. I am dyslexic. Yeah, You're dyslexic, and you got diagnosed. You said of December of twenty twenty. Yes, that's three. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, because twenty twenty three hasn't happened yet. I was like, we in the future. Yeah, no, <laughs> surprise. Um, and then you said you kind of figured out that you were dyslexic from during the pandemic. Yeah. So during the pandemic, obviously we all had time to kill, um, but. I got asked by a cabaret burlesque company that I work for to do a weekly reading of a Carla's book, which I've never read before. But I was like, I read like to myself quite a lot. Um, This will be fine just to like read a book on Instagram live. And start when the first, because we were taking turns to read the like chapters of the book. When it came to my turn and I started reading on Instagram Live, I was, like, messing up words. The sentences were not coming out as sentences. Um, I was... Words were not connecting to my head and I was stuttering out words. And some words were, like, I was getting really conscious that I wasn't probably saying properly. properly. Um and so I was like, oh, maybe then I just need to... So next time I was doing it, I was like, maybe I just need to rehearse mm-hmm. reading it rather than just saying it out straight away. So then I was rehearsing reading it and certain words, I realised I would have to ask Google to, like, say out loud um, for me to, like, understand and say. And then I was like okay, this is a bit weird. I don't know how to feel about this. Then did the Instagram Live for the second time. And then I froze on the word program, like on Instagram Live. And I was getting really frustrated about the fact that how this word was not coming out my mouth. And I was looking at the TV going, you know this word, this word you see all the time on the TV. Like, what is the... And it wasn't just coming out my mouth. And I had to substitute the word. (laughs) Some people, in order for, like... Sweet to get through the whole sentence, and it was just really frustrating for me as like someone in the thirties, like freezing on a word, um, 
especially on Instagram Live, I was felt really embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was like, something's going on. I didn't really think about it again. I did, I did kind of think about it and I kind of did some research like on the internet, as you do, about conditions. You're like, oh, duh, what's this? What's this? And it kind of suggested about dyslexia and I didn't really think about it again because I looked at, like, trying to get tested by the NHS and they were, like, years and I was like, no, thanks. <coughs> so then I came back to, like, out the pandemic and we started, like, gigging again and I MC quite a lot, especially when... It, and I, there's, only one, there's only one open mic show that I will MC now and... There's obviously loads of people that I've never met before, people's names that I don't know, and mess. And I have to get a staff member to tell me that what the name is, even though it's like a simple name. Mm-hmm. So those things were like connecting, and I was like, something's like not adding up. Something just doesn't make sense. So I decided I was going to get myself tested. So that's the long story. <laughs> so yeah, 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 and yeah, it's interesting because we. I discovered or my partner discovered that we were neurodivergent during the pandemic as well. And I think it is that thing of you had time to sit down and notice things instead of just like using all of your tools to get by. You just really had to sit in it for a while, which was like people are like there's a boom of like diagnosis all of a sudden. It's like I think it's because we all had to sit down and like deal with ourselves for a while. Mm. Yeah, I think like looking back at like circumstances and situations that have occurred with me about how I write my work process, like how I deal with like reading or how I deal with writing I can't, and how I deal with like speaking in general, I kind of had to sit down and be like, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel like it's normal. It doesn't feel like it should be happening. And I think because of the fact that I've like have an education, I've got a career, pe- people have always just assumed that how it was just me just being silly mm-hmm. or like, being playful or whatever, but, like, having to really sit down and think about, like, how I would write essays or how some sentences, when I write them, don't make sense. I kind of had to think, what is this? So I think having to sit in the pandemic... Well, for me, the pandemic was a lot of sleeping. Um, (laughs) But, like, having to deal with, like, certain things and reflect on, like, your life, I think a lot of people did that. Mm -hmm. I suppose that, like, it was almost like restarting and, like... Lots of like learning, not not learning new skills and such, but shifting to that working from home and stuff like that. Mm. Like we haven't really had that process since we were children of sort of going, well, let's start learning how to do things completely from scratch. And uh, and you really, yeah, you got that sort of reflection on on things. I think. Yeah, I think as well because like having to do things like having to go on Instagram Live and mm. like Zoom and like be like, I'm gonna like read something out loud I don't have to do on my day-to-day life really um like if I write material whenever I write like the the jokes I want to say they never come out how I want them anyway because I know my personality just like just takes over and Mm -hmm. like as long as I know the punchline that's all I care about but how I ever write jokes never comes out how I write them right are you just like the sort of bullet point writer for jokes? yeah, yeah like I can do that that's what I do as well and I'm not very good at like writing long does anyone write long? I don't know any comments that write long form, like... 
It seems like it'd be so stilted. Like, in, in, in the pandemic is what I, I attempted to write a sitcom. I wrote a first episode, but it took me the whole of the pandemic. Mm. So it took, like, what, two and a half years for me to write that sitcom. And it's just because I just wasn't interested in it. Writing, for me, has never been something that's sexy. Yeah. I've never felt right, like writing's like, you know, people are like, oh, I can write that sexy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you have to buy a typewriter. Yeah, and I'm like, no, no, no. I just, I just, no. It's just not your it's thing. It's not my thing. Yeah. It's not my thing. I just rather just like talk um, and talk falafel. And I think because how I talk generally. So that was my moment of going falafel. You mean like. No, so, so this was. So I was like, oh, she's really I, obsessed <laughs> with chickpeas. <laughs> just, uh... No, I will say certain words to replace the actual word. Right, okay. And I've done that since I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm very literal, so it's <laughs> a bad combination. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, that's such a falafel. And people, people will get what I mean. I forget I'm with you too. No, I was with you. I was like, interesting choice of word, but I understand. Yeah. <laughs> falafel sounds like the word that you're like another word. Yeah. But I can't think of that word, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. talk falafel. I get it. And I think this is what's happened with me in my life because I would do that quite a lot and people would like automatically laugh at the things that I would say. But it's probably because my brain can't remember the actual word mm. Mm. so it just replaces it with something else that's quite a, a, a cool <laughs> thing as a comedian because people are like oh look at her look at her word choice it's so <laughs> silly it's so fanciful and you're like i just can't think of the word waffle yeah yeah but it's a lot of my friends when i was growing up in uni like i used to hang out with quite a lot like we had like a proper crew that i used to hang out with not that wouldn't we didn't all go to the same uni, but like we used to hang out outside of it. But um they would always say things like, Oh, Sikisa just had a Sikisa moment. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. So I would because it was always I used to say things that were people were just like, Did you just say that? <laughs> well that was stupid or that was ridiculous. So I think I've just got used to that, that I was always the one that was saying stupid things or saying stupid things. Yeah. There's lots of the dyslexic people we've had on the show have said like that it's almost like your brain is working faster than your hands are yeah. able to keep up with, and it's like that's why like a lot of the like, dyslexic guests we've had are very like good improv type people. Oh, I'm not improv-y. Are you not? No. But you do lots of comparing, so that's improv, isn't it? I, I think, I personally think, I love improv, no, let me rephrase that sentence. No one loves, <laughs> no one loves yeah, improv. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean like the, the sort of twee yes and stuff, but no, like in I, terms of chat. My favourite show is Whose Line Is It Anyway? That is my favourite show ever. Right. Especially for Wayne Brady, absolutely love. Oh, the American one. Yeah, the American right. one, absolutely okay, love yeah. But I grew up on the British one as well. Mm. But um, I think emceeing is very different to improv because I personally find emceeing more of a conversation. Hmm. It's just normally I'm flirting with someone. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get some numbers. <laughs> I see emceeing is often making them funny, isn't it? Whereas improv is being funny yourself. Yeah. Whereas I, you, it's okay to get a laugh. Yeah, I feel like when you're emceeing, you're trying to just make sure everyone's on the same level that we're all here to have fun and it's banter mm. and don't feel like uncomfortable about anything that's going to be said. 
and I'm lucky enough I get away with quite a lot of things on stage. <laughs> There's someone who's in level five of improv right now listening to this going, no, guys, that is what improv is. Though. That is. As someone who did a lot of improv at one point, which, oh, it's a pyramid scheme. Mm. Don't do it. It's the fact that you said level five. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Scientology. Yeah. 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 yeah oh, it really God. is. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. You story. will not get on SNL because you do improv. You won't. Isn't this good? This will make you sick. I had a story about two people who were really into improv. They got married and their vows, they said yes and. Oh! <laughs> Kill, yourself. Kill yourself. Kill <laughs> yourself. Are they divorced now? I did. I Did it turn into half, no I but? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do need a divorce lawyer, my best friend is a divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel free. Um, yeah. So the uh, we had someone on, we had Tom Horton on, who uh, is also dyslexic. He was diagnosed very young. You were diagnosed recently. I'm curious, what is the, wh- how do they diagnose you? What was the testing like when you did it? So I got You're- diagnosed in this woman's house in Putney. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that sentence already. Is like, well, I was already like, oh, if it's a woman's house in Putney, she must have money. So <laughs> she's got money. That means she's doing well. Uh, so I went obviously I went privately, paid quite a lot of money to get to get this diagnosis done. I can't even say fucking work, can I? Um but um yeah, so we went into her house and she had this like little room much like this, like away from her house. But I did walk in and the first thing I saw was a grand piano and I was wow. like wow. this woman's minted. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it was a flat. I'm like, who has a grand piano in a flat? Yeah, Anything. how'd you get that in? How'd you how'd yeah. you get it out? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> how'd you get it out? Um, but she basically sat me down and went through a series of tests with me for the assessment, and they were included things like um, little puzzles, like putting things together, building blocks. Um, there was like a one where you like she did the movement and I had to follow the movement. Right. So and she did like a sequence of movements and I had to like remember the sequence of the movements, which is fine for me because I'm a dancer. Yeah. So I've got photographic memory. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, I've got photographic memory. So I remember dance routines really quickly um, without having to technically learn them. So that was fine for me. But when it got to the actual testing, testing of it, which I knew was coming. I was like, okay, we've done this bit. I feel fine with this. And then she was like, I would like you to write. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she lured you into a sense of comfort by yeah, puzzles yeah, yeah. and like Ooh, movement puzzles. exercises. <laughs> yeah. Oh, puzzles. We're moving. Yes. Yeah. Writing. Oh, damn it. So um, I think first I had to read and I was, I didn't, yeah, there was like three different, bits I had to read and they had like different levels of like progressive it was getting like longer if you want to put it or more complicated and then obviously I got stuck with the third one the second one the first one was easy the second one I was like pausing and stuff like that I think it's because when I read if I don't I've never read it before it doesn't it's not processed in my head if I if I've read it several times, it's easier for me to read out loud. But if I've never read it before, it's difficult. And then by the time I got to the third one, I just ended up freezing, and then I ended up in tears because I was just getting frustrated with myself about the whole situation. Um, and then having to write, she was like, 
can you she gave me a word or like a subject and she was like can you write um like a just start writing free writing and, and she gave me like two minutes to free write and I didn't even write that much and I was like oh crap I felt that bit of the test damn it <laughs> so those were the ones that I felt quite obviously like something's not right and I was I wasn't expecting her to tell me at the end of the assessment but she she was more or less was like I think you are dyslexic um but I'll do my full assessment and send it out to you and then that came about six weeks later and then I had to read that and I was like <laughs> you couldn't send it to me in a voice note bitch yeah. like, <laughs> like we just like kind of assumed that I was going to be dyslexic and you just want to send me a whole seven eight page report like <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> but now I'll just use it as an excuse for everything <laughs> I loved in your in your email booking listen you got a, a footer that says I'm dyslexic if there's anything you don't understand, let me know and I'll clarify it. Yeah. Do you use that in, in legal stuff as well? Yeah. So, right. Oh, that's cool. I, as soon as I got diagnosed, actually, no, probably like three months after I got diagnosed, because I kind of didn't know how to feel about it. Mm. I was kind of processing how, what it meant for me and then kind of reflecting on everything, like how I deal with people, how I deal with relationships, how I deal with communication, which is obviously all what I was talking about in my show. I then saw someone else send an email from work not from my work but someone sent me an email and it had like a similar footer and I was like I'm nicking that (laughs) I'm nicking that so I think it's just a nice way to like let people on understand this is the situation and then if you do say something like like weird you they can't they have no excuse because I've put it in my foot (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah so I've also had, like, I recently had a misunderstanding with a barrister's clerk and I kind of was like, oh, this is why, because of the the whole dyslexia thing. And she didn't say nothing, but I kind of was like, she's seen my foot. Oh, I see. (laughs) I was like, she's seen my foot. She understands. She knows. She knows. She knows. She knows. Yeah. Because we listened to your uh, last Edinburgh show, which will be on tour soon yes, yeah going on tour 2024 awesome what's it called it's, it's called hear me out hear me out it's about it's about me being diagnosed with being dyslexic and you talk about like now that you're diagnosed because you've gotten it gotten your diagnosis later in life you, it, you know you don't get extra time on tests you don't do you feel like getting the diagnosis now has helped in it like now that you know it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's now helped me understand me better mm-hmm. as a person. And like I said, understand how I communicate, how I, and why I communicate the way I am, the way I do, sorry. And how it's, ma- it's made me reflect about a lot of things, which has kind of been quite, I'm not going to say trauma- traumatic, but has made me, has made some real hard re- realizations about me, which has been quite tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I've been quite, I've tried to be better at being honest with certain things and because I'm not very a vocal person and this is the reason why. I'm not a person that likes to like cause drama or say something that's going to cause an argument because I don't know how to deal with an argument and I've never really understood why until now. So I try to avoid conflict as much as I can, which is weird because I'm from South London. So you'll think I'd <laughs> be all, yeah, I'd yeah. be like, oh, let's get this conflict going. Uh, like I'm pink. Uh, <laughs> let's get this conflict going. That should be a song. Oh, I might start that. 
But um, yeah, so it's made it's made things better for me in terms of understanding who I am as a person, and it's and I've now realised why I prefer dancing than I do talking, mm-hmm. which is obviously why a lot of that's mentioned in the show, and that's why I've become more open about talking about the fact that I do burlesque. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was the, one of the first things around dyslexic because like with like autism we have like an idea of it being this all encompassing thing yeah. rather than just like you know th- or most people now rather than just being three things you're bad at yeah um, and uh, it was one of the first sort of shows I've seen about dyslexia that sort of viewed it in that whole I couldn't use the word holistic it's coming as a name I'm going <laughs> to yeah. say but it's, as a sort of like a holistic thing you know that every part of your life is dyslexic it's not just I'm not good at writing it's a sort of mm. diff. It's, yeah, it's a different way of being. Yeah, it's, I don't talk about the fact that how when I was younger, I was very much into rock emo music, and I still am, because I feel like those kind of songs were able to articulate frustrations in a way that I could never do. And that's true. But I also have dated, like, quite, I've dated quite a lot of people. But <laughs> um, that's why she's still single out there. Um, but I have dated two um, guys who were, had Asperger's, and have now realizing especially my my last boyfriend because he was very much like into words of affirmation and I was very much like no (laughs) (laughs) that's not my love language no and I was trying so hard to like do what he wanted me to do but I didn't understand until now why it was difficult for me to do Mm -hmm. so that was just a very different that was a weird like not conflict but like a breaking point within our relationship that was tough at times because it just it was always a back and forth and it was a mishmash of like vibes and energy because of that situation but he's a lovely man (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a hard thing to do for anywhere as well to to sort of put I always think people who write their own vows in weddings that's uh a brave thing to do. Someone I know actually writes people's vows. Did, oh. Really? Yeah. In a way, I feel like that's easier. I'd rather write someone else's vows or have someone write that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not married, but if we were ever to get married, I don't think I could write no. like, vows. What, what would you like, say? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, could, I could look at Tom and say things to him like, as we're sitting on the couch, because yeah. I, I I like words of affirmation, yeah. whereas my partner doesn't. So yeah. I'll be like, I love this about you, I love this about you, and I'm like, What do you love about me? And he's like, You make good soups and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, Can we go a little deeper? Um, yeah, see, that would happen to me, and I'd be yeah, like, Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, Can you just call me pretty every day? I'd be like, Nope. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Just I, I, I don't think I could do uh, marriage vows that I wrote because. I just think I would feel so stupid and ridiculous up in front of my friends being like, I don't know. They always sound really cheesy. It's so mean to say because people do it. Yeah. So I don't want to like hate on anyone else's uh, uh, way of expressing their love <laughs> to their partner. But The problem I, is that love is really stupid and cheesy. Yeah. So like, there's no way of expressing that without... Like being like, you're the special one for me, and yeah. I don't. I just like you. You like, are my person. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, but that is that is the feeling. But it's really cringy. Yeah, and if yeah. I got married, it'd all be like comedians and filmmakers. In I was gonna say the audience. That's yeah. the wrong. <laughs> this, this is the problem. It's just a bunch of snarky people, and it's like I can't stand up and say serious lovey dovey shit in front of, you know. People who I constantly make inappropriate jokes with. I can't. I can't. We're n- 
I just think then you should just make out. Yeah. And then we'll just all watch that. Yeah. yeah. We'll just record that and watch that. Yeah. yeah. I've, I just, I've never really been into like the words. I think for me personally, and maybe Tom is the same, that how I don't like compliments. Like I can't take compliments. I think he can take compliments. He doesn't seem to shy away when I do compliment him. Yeah. And he does say nice things to me. But like if I try to be like, let's do an exercise where we go back and forth and say nice things to each other. No. Oh yeah, I no, he can't do that. Yeah, as soon as soon as you try, I think it's for me personally. As soon as someone tries to force me to do something, mm. I have a blocker where I'm like, no, I would, I want to do things when I want to do them yeah. because I feel comfortable doing it. As soon as you try and force me to, and this is what was happening with my ex. As soon as he was trying to like make me do certain things and make me say certain things, I was like, no, I. I I want to say it because I want to say it. Yeah. Like, bless him. Like, we still talk, so this is not a bad thing for him. But, like, he would... Every time we had a conversation, he would always want to end that conversation with, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, sometimes I don't want to say I love you. Like, sometimes I'd, like sometimes you should just know. Or, like, if we were walking down the street and he would be like, I love you. And if I didn't say it back, he would just be like... Yeah. And I'd be like... Okay, I love you. Like, yeah, I feel like if you're making me say it, then it has no meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'd only really like to say words with meaning. <laughs> so, like, when people like off the cuff just tell me, "Oh, I love you," I'm like, "Good for you." Yeah, like I won't say it back unless I actually generally mean it. Like, someone's been recently doing it to me. He's like a mate. He's just been like, "Oh, I love you," but we have a flirty energy. Yeah, and I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah, don't say that to me unless you actually generally mean it. Yeah. And he's been like, no, I generally mean it. I was like, no, but, like, I kind of reserve that for, like, certain people in my life. I feel like certain words shouldn't be used off the cuff. Yeah. Well, oh thank God, you. I want to know what this... I think he is in love with you. Yeah. Yeah, don't say unless you mean it. He's saying, yes, I do. And you're like, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah. You need to marry this person. No. <laughs> but also, thank you for articulating something that has been a bit of a barrier in my own relationship. Oh, my bad. So I think it really helped me out. No, because, you know, it's like sometimes, like, I'm like, why can't, why can't we do the sharing thing? Why can't we do the, yeah, now I, now I understand better. Now I understand sorry, my Tom. own I'm relationship. <laughs> this is a good thing. I'm so sorry, Tom. Because now I'll lay off him. Now I'll lay okay, off Tom. Tom. Yeah. Um, okay, you're welcome, Tom. Yeah, yeah, you did good. You did good. You did good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, this friend totally loves you, though. Nah. <laughs> Do we know him? Do we no, know? no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> that was like, I'm like, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I do that all the time. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Who do we know? Who is it? Who is it? Tell us. No. It just slowly devolves into a gossip podcast. <laughs> just this huge cut in the middle of a bunch of stuff we can't put on. Just a big beeping noise. Yeah. <laughs> we love the gossip. Uh, we still for the pandemic. <laughs> That was our theme. We go yeah. off. We, the theme yeah. is very. I was very thinking we could change. Story. We could change the title to whatever seems to come out because I feel like we are talking more about diagnosis. Like libelous now. things we've said about other comedians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like our attitude to the theme is the same as your as your attitude to saying "I love you." It's only if we really 
feel the theme yeah. that we go on to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want, going back to the theme, I find the pandemic was quite an eye-opener mm. because I feel like a lot of people, like we say, had to sit in themselves and had to really assess and reflect on themselves and then thankfully had, I feel like the pandemic was a great opportunity for us to like, even though it was really shitty at times, but have the opportunity to be like, well, who am I? Mm. Like, what do I need? What do I want? And I feel like the pandemic was a great opportunity for that. Um, I mean, I made loads of money during the pandemic. I was quite happy with that. <laughs> um, loved those Zoom gigs that people didn't want. <laughs> yeah, I hated them. You hated them? I hated them. Apart from the ones you did for me. Yeah, that those, was those great. Were those were day. great. <laughs> I just think... I think the Zooms were great because I was able to put up notes on my laptop oh. and just read off, like, new material. Yeah. That was great. Like, I can't... I had to come back and be like, well, I'm going to have to remember this now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this isn't fair. This is not fair. And then I was able to, like... <laughs> so I only really posted this on my Burles page, but I started remembering routines that I used to do when I was younger. So I have photographic memory, like I said. So when I was younger, I was remember I learnt loads of music videos, like routines. So I just was just doing them in the pandemic. Oh, fun! So like Britney Spears, yeah. single ladies, um, sync. Yeah, I was Back- gonna say bye 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 yeah. bye bye. Backstreet Boys, um, Larger Than Life, or the other ones, um, Pussycat Dolls. All of those, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, recorded those. I was just putting them on... on... This is before the emo music came in. Oh, no, it was Druid. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Druid, yeah. That stuff doesn't have dance routines, does it? No, nah, it doesn't. No, unless... <laughs> and then your Blink-182, which is not really... Yeah. It's not really rock emo. When I go rock emo, I go rock emo. Mm. Like, it goes really hardcore. What are we talking about? We're talking Slipknot. Right. Mm. We're, yeah, we're talking Slipknot. Like, Download's one of my favourite festivals. Right. Like... We like we're talking Slipknot. We're talking okay. Ramstein. Well, not anymore, actually. But we're talking <laughs> Disturbed. We're talking a lot. A lot of those names are not can't be spoken anymore. Can they? I was gonna say, did Ramstein get? Mm. Oh no! There was a there was a thing, like mm. it got dropped. But there was you know, with, as yeah, soon as yeah. the thing comes out, you're like, ah oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah! Oh no! Yeah, you're like damn. Uh, Foo Fighters who actually saw it at Glastonbury. Um, uh, disturbed. I've mmentioned System of the Dam. I haven't heard that name. Yeah, in a I saw long them time. this year. Yeah. They were great. Sy- they still oh, say they were great. They were all right. Uh, System of the Down. I was always fascinated. He had those piercings like that that mm. looked like his chin was pierced. Yeah, it? but it was it was just in his lip. Just in but his lip. I yeah. always thought he had his whole chin pierced. Really <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> I saw Evanescence, which was the first band I ever saw this year. Um, again, and I cried. Oh. So it's, it was it's nice to like reminisce during the pandemic for me to be able to like get movement in my body again, mm-hmm. which is what I actually love. But it was just for me like remembering things quite quickly, like movement wise, I think again was a learning curve for me that I learn things differently than other people do. Mm-hmm. And since being diagnosed, I've realized like certain things like colors help massively for me and I think most dyslexic love colours 
Um, like when you say love colors, do you mean like taking notes in different colors? Oh yeah, like it has to like be that. like highlighters. Love a highlighter. I love if a anyone, highlighter. If anyone wants to get me presents, highlighters, please. <laughs> um, or like different color pens. Sakisa, we always ask people for a neurodivergent moment. What is your neurodivergent moment? Um, I <laughs> have accidentally, because obviously. Me and words are not very a good combination. So I have accidentally messaged my therapist. Thank you, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) You won't say it to your friend, but you said it to your therapist. (laughs) Just like, like, I think it was just force of habit. Just being like, (laughs) and I think it's because I was talking to my best friend the same day that I was just like, Thank you for your email. I love you. And I was just like, no, you know, because I'm on Gmail. You can't undo yeah. Gmail after 30 seconds. And you're like, no! <laughs> just turn off the computer. <laughs> then you had that? to get a new therapist. And then she had to be like, please ignore my last email. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. That's right. Did they respond? No. They just ignored it. They just ignored it. <laughs> Good. And just carried on the session like it was nothing. So, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming thank on the you. podcast. Uh, where where can people find you online? You're going to be on tour in the new year. Yeah, you can find me online, mostly Instagram, at Sakisa Comedy. If you type in Twix Comedy, it will pop up as well. There's some other bitch from a Twix Comedy page. I don't know who that bitch is. It's not me. But Twix Comedy or Sakisa Comedy. Um, or follow if you like wrestling, I'm doing a wrestling podcast, so uh, Wrestle Club Podcast UK. Um, and I'm on tour 2024, mostly in April around the UK. Come and see the show, hear me out. It will be on my website. So buy tickets. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. That was Sakisha. That was Sakisha. Uh, yeah, that was a fun conversation. I just, I love that girl. I do. She is brilliant. Brilliant live performer. Are you on your phone? Yep. Yeah. You, this episode, you've you've given too much at the beginning, and now you've burnt yourself out. No, nope. you can't. <laughs> nope. Just just prepping something for the end. Just prepping something okay. for the end. Uh, is, this, is, it, is it prepping a neurodivergent moment? Nope. Oh, oh I should just... probably look up the audience neurodivergent moments. <laughs> <laughs> this is something else, okay. But since you brought up neurodivergent moments, do you have a personal one? I do. I um, did a lovely gig in Harford um, the other day um, and was chatting to people afterwards who were very nice. And one of our listeners, get, I mean, this becomes a regular section, which is, I'm sorry I was weird after my gig, and I can tell them I'm sorry through this podcast. Um, I don't need to, to mask with people, but I think I still have that thing when I talk to people after gigs where, where I sort of feel like I, I need to say all the right things socially. And um, I, we were doing that awkward thing when you have, I think they, I believe, were also autistic. If you weren't, then you um, should seek a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, uh, oh, I like your badges. She had badges on of um, Jane Austen badges. 
and uh, she said, "Oh, they're from Ostentatious, um, the live show." And I went, "Oh, it's, it's great, that isn't it?" I sort of like I felt that was the appropriate thing to say. If people like a thing, then you should go. Oh, that's really great. And she went, "Oh, have you seen it?" And I realized I haven't seen it. I know the composite. <laughs> I know the composite parts of that show, and I, I would guess that it would be good because Rachel Paris is very good and Carrie Lloyd is very good. I've never seen Ostentatious, but I've heard I- it's good. I saw it back in the day when they were on the free fringe in the ballroom of the counting house. I remember that it's year great. and it was, yeah. It's I, great. I, I do that a lot. I just, I wonder if I've, I, I, there's so many things I've said are good just with confidence because I want to project positivity that maybe they're not good. <laughs> I, I do. But that I think as they well. are. I, I think that's a good bit of ostentatious because I've heard they're very good. Yeah, I do that as well because sometimes it's just embarrassing to like say you don't know. Uh, mm. I've I've never seen The Simpsons, and when they're brought what? up, I'm just yeah, yeah. Oh my and god! When it's brought up, I just pretend I have. I once told a guy that I was dating in New York, I was like, I have never actually seen it before. And I wish I have because like, I feel like I could relate to my comedy friends more if I had seen it. And he goes, I genuinely feel sorry for you. I feel I'm jealous of you because you can watch it for the first time. I've thought about going and watching it, but I guess you start from the beginning, but there's like 30 seasons. I, yeah, I, but only I, the first 10 are any good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's still too. I mean, says the woman who rewatches television, like full, full, like 10, 12 season television shows over and over and over again, just for comfort. That might be I'm sure that on this general. podcast, if you could go back and listen, listeners, there's been times where I've gone, oh, it's like that bit in The Simpsons. And you've gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that great bit. I know about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, I, uh, but I'm also jealous that you get to see Simpsons for the first time. Yeah, okay. The first, the first season's like is not as good as the rest, but still, uh, still amazing. And then what, two to ten the, is brilliant. Yeah, they talk about like the golden years of Simpsons, like it, like Broadway. Two to ten it. is to 10. is just uh, so brilliant, so funny, so much pathos, such brilliant bits of like satire that that. Um, I still sort of something will happen in the news and it will remind me of a Simpsons thing. Mm. It's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. I, I, mean, I, I think of the few episodes you should watch. I think I've seen like, I remember seeing one where it's Lisa's birthday and Bart sings a song to her. Lisa, it's your birthday. Oh, with I Michael think. Jackson. Him. Oh, is it with Michael Jackson? That's yeah, the I real remember. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, That's is it really? It was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I wasn't allowed to as a kid because my dad thought that it wasn't a good it's show for ungodly. kids to watch. Yeah, but it's I probably, was... there's lots of little hidden hidden adult jokes in it. I think they didn't like the way Bart. Like my, my mom said, like she was like, I don't know. Like we were allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy though, which is like pretty gross. And my mom was like, I think your dad doesn't like it because you know Bart's like, I'm Bart. Who the hell are you? And he's like, I don't. He doesn't think. And you'll become disrespectful. Like yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, Do you have a neurodivergent moment? Yeah, my neurodivergent moment is Tom and I were out uh, near Leicester Square Piccadilly Circus and we walked by the Lego store and Tom was like, you want to go in and look? And I was like, yeah. And then we walked out with 150 quid worth of Lego. <laughs> oh no, you took an autistic into the Lego shop. Oh, we both bought something. And, oh, my uh, God. That's like taking an alcoholic out clubbing. I bought 
Yeah, pretty much. He bought, bought a Star Wars starfighter, and I bought a Statue of Liberty. And wow. Tom is so much faster at doing Lego. I was done with my – I was still working on my first bag, and I looked up, and he finished his – his uh his star wars one so he him and i worked on the statue of liberty together and we did a lot of it that day and then it was like well let's just finish the rest of it another day and two days went by and tom was like okay come on we gotta finish the statue of liberty we can't adhd this thing we gotta finish it that's very funny it's beautiful you would take the set it'd be funny if you took the same i mean how the statue of liberty how long that take to build uh, must have been a year or two. You yeah. could build it like um, at the t- same scale to completely recreate the uh, creation of the Statue of Liberty. I like to imagine that the pattern of which Lego told me to put together the Star War or the Statue of Liberty is the same way that they built the real Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I like to imagine <laughs> yeah. it happened exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it built elsewhere and and taken in? Have I made uh, that up? So it was a gift from France. Uh, was it like a, a proper gift, or was it like the way that the Elgin marbles were a gift? No, no, no. It was a real gift. So when okay. America uh, became America, the country, France sent the Statue of Liberty as like a welcome to being a country and no longer under British rule. Ah. And so it was constructed by a French, I, I, I mean, the information's in, in the Lego instructions, but it was a gift from a sculptor. And so it was built in France and then shipped over in pieces right. and, and then set up. So for a while, we just had the hand with the torch and that sat where the Statue of Liberty was going to sit. And you can go and see the hand. And then they brought the rest of it over. They couldn't bring the whole thing over on a boat because it's too big. Mm. And uh, it's copper. And that's why it's green. So imagine ah. when it was uh, first erected, it was a copper color. It, it sounds like it's sort of like the French sort of, um, what's the term, sort of subtweeting the English, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, really, really well, well done for becoming a country, getting rid of your oh, yeah. oppressors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. I think as a gift back, we sent them a Statue of Liberty back. You can see it. It's in Paris and it's like 10 feet tall. Like it's oh. it's such a but like, I mean, we were a young country. We couldn't be building stories. <laughs> women. Uh, but we basically He's saying it's like when a, when a child does a drawing and it's like it's not a bit rubbish but you're like oh they're they're it, only five years old they it feels like that but at least a child will send you a rubbish drawing and be like this this is a dragon and this no imagination we just send them back the same thing they send us in a bears. smaller yeah. version <laughs> that's very funny <laughs> like you get one too but yeah it sits on the sand france put it on the fridge yeah. Yeah. They were like, oh, I guess we have to. I mean, maybe it was maybe someone told me that as we walked by it once when I was in college, that it was that was America sent that to France. It right. might be the prototype. It makes more sense that it's the prototype. Oh, you think it was like a Christmas wish list that America was like, we want one of these. And then <laughs> yeah. France sent back the big one. Well, I think France was always going to send the big one. But right. uh but they made a, you, you know. Oh, how, they kept the prototype. That's from France, the prototype, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they would have made it on a smaller scale before they. I would think. I don't. You know what? 
listen, we have listeners who are either shouting at me because they <laughs> know about this and I don't, or they're already on their phones Googling it. So if you know, <laughs> get in touch. We should have a set for this to be a new section of listener clarifications where yeah. we can correct our um, sort of I reckon. A lot, a lot of our history should begin with I reckon. I've already got in trouble for being on my phone this podcast. I'm not looking <laughs> it up. Uh, do you have a neurodivergent moment for From a listener? the listener? I do. Um, this is a short one, but I really loved it. It is simply, when I'm tired, I sit against the radiator because I confuse tired with cold. <laughs> I feel you there. Sometimes I feel like a really <laughs> cryy mess and I'm really emotional and I feel ill and headachy and then I realize I haven't eaten. <laughs> It's an emotion. I just I picture them sat next to the radiator. Like I'm still cold. Why am I still cold? Burning themselves. Oh, it's not cold. It's tired. That's what I have. <laughs> Do you have a uh, listener neurodivergent moment? Yes. Hold on. Do you want me to read all the stuff where they talk about how nice we are? Um, I'm good. No, we know we're nice. Go on then. Do it for our ego. I, well, I, 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 I'm go- I'm going to read this whole thing. Okay. Uh, okay, so this is from PE. Uh, from Australia, I love your podcast so much. For an ADHD person, it feels really like home. You both and your guests are doing a great job. The mix of comedy moments and serious topics is right up my alley. Oh, thanks, PE. Thank you. So I have an indie moment for you, which happened recently. One of these tiny moments in everyday life that are a bit annoying. Some days ago, you're a fabulous writer, P. I really like the way you do this. Some days ago, who, who, who said that now? <laughs> I love that. Some days ago, I was about to start the dishwasher. Just the tab was missing. So I took it out of the plastic wrapper and threw it in the trash can. Yes, the tab. Not the wrapper. Okay, can happen. Next day, I'm about to get the dishwasher started again. While I unwrap the dishwasher tab, I think about what happened the other day, that I threw the tab in the trash instead of the wrapper. Of course, this won't happen again, I think to myself. (laughs) I think we know where this is going. I... Two seconds later, the tab lies in the bin. I did it again. First, I couldn't believe how I could be that distracted again. I mean, I was alone at my home, no TV or sound on, nothing to distract me from this really easy task. But seems like the lovely chaotic ADHD brain itself is distraction enough. Yes, it (laughs) is, P.E. Yes, it is. But you have the cleanest bin in the whole but of yeah, Australia. You do. You have the cleanest bin of Australia. <laughs> I uh, I'm just proud of you for uh, for realizing it before you ran the dishwasher. Yeah. I'm proud of you for that. Good job. <laughs> that that's that's all for this week, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So, guys, uh, we have our Patreon sign up five five quid a month and you get videos of the interviews and a badge three quid a month you get um the 
audio extras and book club. Oh, and we have a book club coming up, Joe. Yes, 11th of December. We're recording and we'll put it straight out. It is Shaprat Corsandi's Scatterbrain. Yes, which of course we said we would do in November. So obviously we're doing it in December. Uh, so Scatterbrain, some of you got free copies. If you haven't got a copy yet, pick it up. We put it in the diary. We're going to do it on December 11th. 11th of so, December. Yeah. So join us there. It's on Audible as well. So yeah. You can also Audible it if you prefer. Yeah. Um, and we'll put some questions out for people to discuss in the uh, in the week following uh, the, the week. Um, what do I mean? The week before. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. The week before on the Patreon. Yeah, which reminds me that I have to have it finished bef- the week before. Okay. <laughs> which is which is on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. All right. We will see you guys next time. See you then. Bye. Is it okay if I do this? It's really important. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, there's just like... So what a way to say, is it okay if I do this? It's really important. (laughs) So just for listeners, uh, we stopped recording and Abigail has said, could you start the recording again? Yeah, I just wanted to say one more thing, Joe, before we go. Uh, Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Santa's run off to the Caribbean. Marimbas, carimbas, he's playing steel drums. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. It's a tune! We'll see Rip you, Jimmy see Buffett! Uh, see you next, next week. Bye. <laughs>